Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. We're uh, still talking Cowboys, which is still good. I mean, I guess every day I'm waking up and still surprised that the season continues on. But it's going to go away eventually. I'm going to feel like this is a normal normal-ish football season, I guess, pretty soon. Yeah. But we're actually getting training camp reports and getting news every single day, and it's 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 nice. It's a nice change of pace from, you know, a lot of the other news out there. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into the Cowboys training camp uh, notes from Tuesday morning. Uh, but once again, we're starting our podcast off talking about a safety. Um, let's talk about Earl Thomas, Landon. Um, it came out this morning. Yeah, yeah, some some guy. I've heard. I've heard. Um, of him, came yeah. out this. Yeah, came out this morning from uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network uh, that the Cowboys have essentially told Earl Thomas, "No, we're not interested." Uh, and then Jerry Jones has a press conference at uh, I think it was like 9:30 Eastern time, uh, and basically says, "Hey, well, we're not." quite out of the Earl Thomas sweepstakes yet. Uh, We're still in the evaluation stage and we would need to meet with them. Uh, But basically, no, we're good at this time. So, I mean, basically two different people saying the same thing in two different ways. But, um, you know, there were some thoughts over the weekend that the Cowboys would be in uh, market for Earl Thomas. doesn't appear to be the case. Is that surprising to you? No. I mean, I think that you know, despite the, uh, the 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 many reasons, and I'm sure you can go all over Cowboys Twitter and Cowboys sites to, to obviously the pros here um, for why you would sign Thomas. I think that the problem is is that you know the negatives are uh, are very serious negatives, but somehow simultaneously. Um, uh, very hidden, you know. They're not. They're not like. They're the kind yeah, of things yeah. that are very important to uh, uh, culture and to locker room, you know, uh, balance and and, the, and coaching and, t- and players taking coaching. But they're not the kind of things that that you know non players and non coaches are really privy to. So I, I can understand why, because of that mixture, because it's uh, such a. Uh, motivating factor but also not a easily seen factor from the outside it's hard to it's easy to discount it for 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 average day fans right it's easy to say well i mean you know it's locker room problems who cares like you know it's it's not a big deal we've had we've had guys that have been problematic and then we tend to lump in uh, people uh, that have completely different problems than what what has been described yes. with Earl Thomas. Yes. And that's I, the big thing, I, right I, there. Yeah, yes. it's like a huge. You know, the, the, we can't just lump in all off-field problems or off-field issues as as the same, right? Because they aren't the same. Like you know, some you know, some are 
terrible, horrible things that happen off the field, but but maybe don't actually affect the player on the field, and that should calculate in your math. But some of the stuff that we're hearing about Earl Thomas, like it directly, it it directly influences locker room chemistry, how you feel about the coaches, you know, having, and, and I think you, know, you you have some some details here a little bit of just kind mm-hmm. of what's going on there but i mean a little bit more has just come out about it but i think the stuff that you started to hear about what what was going on with him is exactly the kind of stuff that gets you know formerly great now good players cut off teams right it's like i mean i think that the yeah. nfl team nfl teams will put up with a lot of stuff and, and, and way more stuff than they should, you know. You know, if you want to discuss morally, right? They'll they'll put up with you know drunks and 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 people that have hit their wives and and you know done all kinds of so- sorts of things. But there are lines inside the locker room that you cross that it just doesn't make any more sense for them to keep you on the team. And I and I feel like even though Earl Thomas may not be nearly as bad a person as some of the people that have stayed on the Cowboys team, I think his level, his type of specific type of disruption is the type of disruption that that teams just a lot of teams just won't tolerate. Absolutely. I, I think you, you nailed it right there. Um, I'm going to give you two examples here. Compare and contrast them. Richie Incognito is an offensive lineman for the Raiders. Oh, man. Um, and yeah. by all accounts, a bad guy. I mean, we don't have to go into all the off-the-field stuff, but just a lot of off-the-field problems. Almost here. anything you can think of about a bad person, this dude has done sure. at some point. Uh, but in terms of how he fits into the locker room, he's fantastic. He shows up on time. He listens to what the coaching staff says. He takes notes. He says, yes, sir, no, sir, uh, and it, it is reliable. The worst thing, and I, I don't, you don't have to agree with this or not, but according to coaches and people in the NFL, the worst things that you can be is unreliable and confrontational. Yeah. It sounds like Earl Thomas in Baltimore was both of those. He was showing up late to practice. He was showing up late and sometimes not even showing up to meetings at all. Um, we saw that he got into a fight with Chuck Clark, the his fellow safety. We heard that he got into another fight with Brandon Williams, the defensive tackle. Um, Earl Thomas posted on his Instagram that he got very confrontational in a meeting room after he was called out for a blown coverage in practice. And teams just don't tolerate that kind of stuff. They, they don't. They don't want to deal with people who aren't on time, that don't take that kind of stuff seriously. And I think Mike McCarthy is trying to establish a culture in Dallas. And as talented and as great of a player as Earl Thomas is, it's not worth bringing in that risk and jeopardizing it all for one safety who's in his 30s, right? I mean, I, I love Earl Thomas. I still think he's a top five safety but I completely agree with the decision if the Cowboys said, hey, we like where our locker room is right now. We, we don't want to put this guy in here no matter how great he is. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, just to kind of even take it one step further, Earl Thomas came from the kind of cover one, cover three Seattle defense. Obviously, I don't need to tell anybody that's listening to this podcast. They all know, you know, and they've very much brought that back into fashion in the NFL when that came around. He, he 
functioned in that in that defense for a long time, and then you know left that the confines of Seattle to go to Baltimore. Now Baltimore may be on Baltimore's on the other side of the spectrum from Seattle as far as complex defenses, right? And mm-hmm. probably, and we are probably closer to the Baltimore side than we are to the yes, Seattle yes. side now, right? Now the, the, the you know I, the thing that worries me is that fact paired with the fact that he's missing he's missing multiple meetings and then now we've rolled that into he's being called out in meetings and being called out on the field for for missing his assignments not knowing his assignments you know i think that there's got this is a guy with a huge ego being called out by some nobody i never heard of chuck whoever that dude is yeah i mean i'm sure sure he may be a great player but i I mean you know whatever my point is is that i I think you got a guy who's got a hurt ego he's getting hit he's getting beat up on uh you know piled on for his for his you know lack of enthusiasm he's not listening to coaches you know uh, there's so many ways that you could insert that situation into your locker room and it can go wrong first you know the most obvious of them being he stops listening to the coaching staff and then you've got a very young secondary who all look up to Earl Thomas and are following him along. And again, a name that I brought up before uh, uh, we came on the air, it's very much a Des Bryant situation, right? Where yeah, it is. He, he could yep. become, he come in here and become a Pied Piper of anti-coaching and, and, and going against the message just because of the, by proxy of the personality that he has. So, uh, look, I, I mean, I guess we've talked enough about this Earl Thomas situation, but I think the point is, is that you know, there's there's a lot to to weigh here. Is he is he the same player uh, as he was before? Probably not. But is he a good enough player to be on this team? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think physically he still has what it takes to be a starter on this team and a good starter. But the question is. Is that is he still good enough to overcome all the the stuff that comes along with it in the locker room? And again, not off field stuff that good or not, and th- we're not promoting this good or not that you could maybe find a way to ignore or PR spin or something. This is the kind of thing that actually disrupts football teams. That actually puts your football team's locker room kind of in more jeopardy, more jeopardy. So I could see how this would be uh, the kind of calculus where they're like, look, there's just too much risk here. And I don't know that the reward is as big as it used to be. Absolutely. I don't think I could have said it any better myself. I, I Maybe the Cowboys eventually down the line, if they start to learn more about Earl Thomas and he's still a free agent, maybe, maybe, maybe they call him and see if he'll, he'll join the roster. But it doesn't sound like anything is imminent for the Cowboys and Earl Thomas. Uh, let's take a break so I can tell you guys about DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is an app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off in zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. 
Okay, Lena, let's get to some more practice notes from today. Uh, by all accounts, it was a competitive uh, practice today. It seems like Mike McCarthy is really turning up the intensity at these practices. Um, and I want to start with this note uh, from our guy, David Hellman. I uh, said this was Trevon Diggs' best practice of training camp so far. It's back-to-back days of really strong practices from Diggs. Uh, they need that with Awuzier uh, being out right now. Uh, Diggs had a pass deflection in the red zone. He had a pass deflection in the end zone. He had a forced fumble on another play. Um, let's talk about Trevon Diggs and how he is expected to impact this defense and what your thoughts are on this strong practice from today. It's good news, man. I mean, you know, we needed uh, Diggs to start turning it on right about now. I think that, you know, getting him into a situation where he's starting to feel more and more comfortable, he's starting to feel more and more uh, uh, at ease with what he's being asked to do uh, in in the defense, uh, and just letting him, you know, be a player, just letting him play. And I think he has such natural instincts and natural athleticism that uh, it was eventually going to come out. And I think he, you know, he understands how to play the position. Yeah, I think as yeah. not only as a cornerback, but you know, seeing it from the other side as a wide receiver, having a brother who's a professional NFL receiver and a good one at that. Um, I think all of those. Well, he also played. He also came to Alabama yeah, as a receiver. Exactly. His freshman year, he played receiver. That's so. right. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, no, having having approached the position from that side is, is what I was meant to say. Is 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 it gives you a certain amount of deeper understanding of of. What you're trying to do, you know, and and what what's because you know what your opponent is trying to do to you. So I, I think he and then also beyond that, you're able to take some of the skills that you've learned and translate them into a defensive back midfield mentality. You know, that that's my ball. I'm going for that ball. The ball skills in general. It's not even just about catching the football it's hand-eye coordination it's getting your hands on the football you know and 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 that's all something that is not something that comes natural to a lot of players i mean you see a lot of defensive backs that have baseball uh uh, backgrounds or center field backgrounds you know being able to track the ball and see the ball in the air and and then make a play on it so uh i think he obviously comes with that built into him and now you know now that he's kind of learned the the ins and outs and again i don't know that they're going to be asking their outside corners to do anything uh, super difficult. I, you know, I think that they, they they're they're going to play to their strengths. They know that the guys that are on you know the cornerback group are not uh, you know they don't have like the top cornerback pair. They don't have a shutdown guy. Yeah, there. so yeah. they're, they're going to use scheme and, and pass rush uh, to to uh, help those guys out, and they're going to do what they can to get those guys in a comfortable position to, to play to their best abilities. Uh, and I think now what you're seeing is is a is a player who is starting to feel comfortable with what he's doing, uh, starting to loosen up, and, and that and that is allowing his you know play. Uh, Play personality, you know. I, I don't really know how to describe it, but I think every player has a, a style or, or a personality to their game, and I think you're starting to see that. You know, that's once these rookies get out of that first few weeks of feeling stiff and feeling like their minds are going 100 miles an hour and trying to 
you know, do the technique that they just learned from their coaching staff. There's a point where they finally have learned it and then they can forget it and then it becomes like natural. And I think you're starting to see some of these rookies start to feel real. I think CD Lamb came in like that. <laughs> you know, and I, oh, yeah. and I think yeah. that what you're seeing now is Diggs starting to, to, to really absorb that stuff and then starting to play more naturally, which is good just in time because we've only got a few weeks left before the season starts. I don't know if you saw the video that the Dallas Cowboys tweeted out. I believe it was yesterday of Trevon Diggs covering, uh, basically ended up looking like a wheel route. I'm not quite sure, but uh, it was a pass to Noah Brown down the sideline. Uh, and Diggs didn't fall for the, the first you know break. He just followed Brown all the way up the sideline, found the ball better than what Noah Brown did and made the, you know, a fantastic interception. That's the kind of things that the Cowboys are really excited about with Diggs is his ability to, to make plays down the field and find the ball, and then once he finds it, actually go up and make the play for the interception. Uh, I, I don't know how many times we've said it on this podcast, but there are several people in that Cowboys building that already believe that Diggs is the best cornerback on the roster. Uh, and in this scheme where he's able to play close to the line of scrimmage, he's able to look at the quarterback and find the ball. That's not that surprising to me either. Um, one more defensive back note, Lane, and this comes from Michael Galkin of the Dallas Morning News. Uh, we talked about Daryl Worley getting snaps at safety. He appeared to do that again today as well. But the Cowboys continue to cross-train Reggie Robinson at free safety, uh, the fourth-round pick from Tulsa, who's got fantastic size, uh, maybe is a little rough around the edges, but it sounds like him at free safety is something that they could do this season. How do you think Robinson fits at that spot? You know, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I, I don't know that I've seen very much on tape personally that makes me have a strong opinion on how he'll play safety, you know, because I think a lot of what I've seen of him is playing kind of press man stuff and 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 off man stuff and you know off man kind of applies a little bit but the press man stuff is very different than what he would be doing as a safety um you know i you wonder i wonder if it's just somebody to give them another guy to match up against big tight ends. yeah i mean i that's, just wonder if that's more than, than anything certainly else. possible i mean i think that we can you know that's the other thing we kind of had mentioned this earlier is you know what 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 does cross training as safety means and that maybe that's that's where we need a little bit better you know probing from uh, the the media but i you know again maybe we won't get it you know but but i, I think that that's i have further questions as to what that means does that mean they're actually training to 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 play all different types of variety of safety or are they more just learning how, like you said, to align in such a way that they can cover tight ends and running backs and then also just start to understand what their run fill situation what their run yeah, fill responsibilities yep. are in those in those alignments. So if that's the case, that's not quite the same thing as, you know, cross training to play safety. It's more just, hey, here's a new position for you to line up to to be a cover guy, but know that sure. this that this position also comes with added uh, uh, you know, box responsibilities in the run game. You're still like you're you're uh, responsible for the the, the D gap. You know, like and it's just like and just knowing that they're they have extra run spill responsibilities that they may not normally have on the outside. Look, I think it's just as simple as 
the Cowboys probably feel better about their depth at cornerback than at safety. So if they can find a way to get Reggie Robinson on the field because he's better than, let's say, the third or fourth safety, let's do that. Same goes for Daryl Worley. I don't expect either of those guys to play there a ton. Worley more than Robinson just because considering he's got more experience. Uh, but I think it's just the fact that the Cowboys like both Worley and Robinson, and they just want to find ways to get them on the field. I, um, let's take a yeah, – go ahead. No, let's take a break, but I, I think that it's, it's a lot like the defensive tackle too, where I think that they have yeah. – that they're not out rushing out to go get a, a free agent guy because I think that they think that they can solve this issue by rotating players in on an as-needed basis depending on what the situation is. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Okay, Landon, we're just going to finish up with a few uh, other notes. The first one is uh, a casual three-touchdown day for (laughs) CeeDee Lamb. Back-to-back days with three touchdowns and 11 on 11 period. Um, He's pretty good, right? Yeah, it sounds like that this guy is a, a pretty good football player. Just to uh, kind of <laughs> in, in, input my uh, uh, two cents there. I mean, look, it's uh, we've 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 and, and I feel like we've done this with other players in the past as well. But we've we've kind of crossed the precipice where we're excited by this what this young player does anymore, right? It's it's no, just yeah, it's yeah. like he's. We know that it's happening. We've 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 kind of accepted and, and, and internalized the idea this guy's gonna be great. It's just time to see what he can do in the regular season. Uh, he's probably the player I'm the most excited to see this year because yeah. it's just been a, a constant, steady drumbeat of solid information from him. It just seems like he, he's he's already like a five-year vet out there. You don't need to worry about him dropping passes and running the wrong routes. Uh, he's going to be a big, big part of the Cowboys' offense this season. The last bit of new, uh, news and notes I wanted to talk about, Landon, uh, actually comes from Brian Broaddus. Um, this was from yesterday's practice, but he said that Tristan Hill – uh, was really, really good in yesterday's practice. It sounds like he was good again today. He did say that Hill tends to wear down a little bit, and when he wears down, um, it, it's when his play gets sloppy. So I think he needs to continue to get in better shape. Uh, but he redid his body over the offseason, yeah. and it sounds like from Broadus and from Stephen Jones and from Mike McCarthy, they all, they've all been really impressed with what, with what Tristan Hill has done so far in camp. So what are your thoughts on Tristan Hill two weeks in a camp so far well uh, yeah i mean i i think a lot of what we're having to do right now is kind of interpret um uh read between the lines on what coaches are saying and that sort of thing you know like i i to me you know the the clear thing when reading between the lines on coaches speak i guess is how quickly are they getting in and out out of the answer about the guy Right, like yeah. if they're expounding yeah. about all the, you know, and specifics, are, are they getting into specifics? 
Like, if well, I think Jim Tom Sula was a perfect example. Yep, of this, exactly. Right? And I, that's what I was going to go to is I, it, you see Jim talk about Tristan Hill, and it's you know he shows up early, he's calling me late, he's interested, he's engaged, he wants to know what's going on, he's he's showing up at practice. Consistency is his best trait, which is uh, I mean that that could not have been it's crazy. The, a, a more uh, that, that, he could not have come up with a better word for me to hear. Like that, like that's what we want to hear about Tristan Hill. Absolutely, this this kid is consistent. That is absolutely the opposite of what we got this year. So last year, so I think you know that plus what we you know watching the video, just seeing him physically, he looks like a completely different player. He's solid, like completely solid, uh, uh, you know, version of himself. And, 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 and then you watch the videos of him at practice, like that, you know, the, the training camp live, they're not showing us a ton, but what they are showing is, is, is at times is him getting in the backfield, him pushing pockets, him being a force, him not being pushed out of the way. And then beyond that too, going back and watch this stuff and, and notice how many times in those clips, He's near the tackle when it's being made. Like he's outside mm-hmm. of the box making a tackle, or he is after the snap. Tim Tom Sula's coming up to him specifically and slapping him on the helmet and saying "good job." You know, like I, I just there's a lot of tea leaf reading here. There's a lot of tea. There's a lot of leaves in this tea, and they're all kind of sure. they're all kind of implying that there that this is a kid who is maybe taking a step in the off season. I don't know that he's ready to be like. Oh, here is your complete and you know, fully formed uh, uh, Gerald McCoy re- replacement, you know, kind of thing. But I think that at the very least, suddenly now you've got a guy who you you could pair with uh, uh, Crawford, and then some of the other guys that you're planning on kicking inside, and then maybe you know moving Woods over for a couple snaps, and and you feel like mm-hmm. so, somewhere you could it's much like the safety position, somewhere you can triangulate what you want out of your under tackle between. You know uh, uh, Crawford, Hill, and then uh, a variety of of other kind of defensive ends and nose tackles rotating into that position. Yeah, they don't need him to be Gerald McCoy or Malik Collins or anything like that. They just need Tristan Hill to be a solid contributor contributor who plays. You know, maybe he plays forty percent of the snaps uh, a game, and then you're able to have Tyrone Crawford play the other forty percent, and maybe you can piece together. Everson Griffin inside or Alden Smith inside on some snaps. You, you, they just need Hill to be a solid contributor. And if he can do that, uh, I, I think the Cowboys defense inside will be just fine. So, again, we're only two weeks into practice. We haven't seen a ton of clips and video and all that kind of stuff. But so far, I think camp has gone just about as well as it could have gone for Tristan Hill. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.